then. Happy Father's Day, everyone. A different type of Father's Day for most of us as we're still in lockdown, but still a chance for us to celebrate and reflect upon the father figures we've had in our lives. For me, I'm privileged enough to be able to celebrate my relationship with my dad, the great relationships I had with my grandparents, but also remember those coaches, leaders, other figures in my life who have shaped me into the father I am today. But I know for some of you, Father's Day isn't about celebration and actually thinking about father figures in your life at this time can bring a painful feelings back, can make you regret, can bring feelings of absence, a lack of connection, even fear. And for some of you, even an anxiety about how the negative fatherly relationships you've experienced will have an impact on your ability to be a father. Well, just before we move on, I want to say right now, as a church, we stand with you and we declare we believe in a God that can bring healing to all situations. So right now, I just want to say, come Lord Jesus, bring truth and light into any dark relationships we have and give us hope for the future. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, Paul describes our adoption by the Father through the Holy Spirit. It says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Paul confirms to the Romans reading this at the time and to us now in the present day that through the cross and by the Holy Spirit, we have a place in God's family. And it's not a distant place. It's as a child, as a father and a son of the living, loving Father God. And with that, we have permission, authority and intimacy of relationship to cry out to him when we need to, Abba, Father. So if we embrace our adoption, how can that help us in our roles as fathers, parents, leaders, in our families, friendships and communities? Well, first of all, I believe that as children of God, we are forgiven and because of that forgiveness we are free. When I was growing up I was a good kid. I uh, enjoyed school, played sports, didn't cause my parents any trouble except when I was 13 for some explicable reason I thought it'd be a good idea to start a career as a shoplifter. It didn't go well, I got arrested at the first attempt. And as I was being taken by the police officer back to the police station, all I could think about was the shame and the um, sorrow I would have uh, heaped on my family and on my parents and what their reaction would be and the fact that I was probably due a really big rollicking for my stupid behaviour. And as I heard them arrive into the police station and were chatting with the desk sergeant, The nerves and the adrenaline just overwhelmed me. I thought, oh my goodness, this is it. I'm going to be hauled over the coals for this. And as we were in the car on the way home, of course, the first thing I did was say, Mum, Dad, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what I've done and what I put you through. Now, in that moment, they could have punished me and they could have held that action over me, but they didn't. They chose forgiveness. And in that moment of choosing to forgive, It wasn't that they took away the action, but they gave me freedom, freedom to reconcile back to them and to move on from my actions. So I believe we need, as a Christians, freedom is, forgiveness is countercultural. Forgiveness is a radical gift. 
True forgiveness brings freedom. And as Christians, we need to remember the, and honour the forgiveness that's been bestowed on us and take that out into our relationships, take that out into our communities, being the first to forgive, the first to bring freedom. And I'm not saying that is easy. Relationships are complicated. But if we can have the courage to bring forgiveness, to be the first to forgive, it will release freedom into our relationships and into our communities. Secondly, as children of God, we are fully known by our Father. Every detail of us is sacred and treasured. He celebrates our differences and has made us unique with, bespoke, with a bespoke path for our life. Again, when I was growing up, the times of real frustration in particularly my teenage life was where I felt like my parents just didn't know me. They didn't understand me. They didn't appreciate me for who I was, for what I was trying to do and for where I was going. They, I felt like they wanted me to be something else and they weren't experiencing me as who I was. And that can cause, that cause tension and that cause hurt and that cause pain in our relationship. And I believe that's the same for the relationships we hold and for the communities that we serve as a church. We are commanded to love our neighbours, but how can we love our neighbours if we don't first know them, if we don't first make an effort to understand them as individuals, but understand their journeys, where they've come from, their culture, their background? If we can take time to fully understand people, that brings again a release of freedom. It, it, it lets them know that we care for them and it enables us to move from that place to have much deeper, more meaningful conversations about faith, about their lives. They become more willing to share with us. We need to get to know whether it's our son, whether it's someone we manage, whether it's a whole group of people, we need to take the time to get to know them as our Father knows us. Thirdly, we are children, as children of God, we have been given the gift of the fruit of the Spirit. We have received the fruits. They have, it is a guide for us for how we should live our lives, for how we should um, develop our character, our attitudes and our personalities. In Galatians 5 verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. We are given those, um, that guidance, those attributes for us to develop our characters in order that we would bring them and take them into the relationships that we hold uh, with our families, with our friends and in the community. And earlier in Galatians, we are asked, in Galatians 16, we are asked to walk in the Spirit. We are, as children of God, commanded to, to, um, to bring joy, to bring peace, to bring kindness, to bring goodness into the relationships that we are part of. And I think if we can do that, that is another way we can be radical and counterculture in this time, to bring those things into relationships where people are used to being downtrodden, uh, being told they're not good enough, told they're not worthy, be, be, being undermined. The things that we can bring through the fruit of the Spirit counteract that and we can be those catalysts for change. It can shape how we parent, it can shape how we are friends, they can shape our leadership, it's countercultural. So whether you're a father, 
a parent, a grandparent, a leader, a manager, a mentor or a coach. I just want to encourage all of us to consider those relationships and think about how we can bring forgiveness and freedom. How we can get to fully know the people in our lives and understand them for who they are. How we can carry the fruits of the Spirit in the way we interact with our children, in the people we manage, how we lead people. Because if we do that, I believe we will shift our culture. We will change attitudes and we will bring healing. If we can do that, it will draw people towards the ultimate forgiveness and freedom in Christ Jesus. And of course, before we go, in a, before we go to our celebrations this afternoon, I want us to remember the words of 1 John 3 verse 1. What great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So whether you're a, a parent, a grandparent, a father figure in someone's life, first and foremost, you are a child of God, and we have the authority and the permission to cry, Abba, Father. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Have a great day.